Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of CrossFit Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Welcome to the podcast with guest host Corey. Well, I guess mm-hmm. I'm a guest host today too. So, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. No, so no, this is podcast number one. Figured might as well we have the best it. guest ever. Let's start as off with a one. very high standard with Corey. <laughs> yeah. It only goes down from here, folks. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> we had to give him directions on how to get to the gym, but we'll get into that. Yeah, later. why is that, Bob? Yeah, You're... Corey hasn't been here in pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I was like dabbling. Yeah. I was coming in for a stretch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, so figured we'll get a podcast going where we can start getting out into the community of Kingston, start getting to um, connecting everyone in the community of Kingston, but either anything to do with health, wellness, um, fitness, anything, where mm-hmm. we will try and get everyone um, connecting, like I said. Yeah, I think it's a great time to have this come out because where we're at, we're in the third lockdown and like everyone's at home and everyone's taking in more content. But I know from myself, like I haven't been active. You made the joke at the beginning, like definitely less active before COVID, but then COVID just really messed things up for me where I was like really thrown off in terms of a routine and stuff. And so like, I've been like scrambling to get that back on. And I think like listening to this type of content and hearing from people in the gym and from locals and stuff and on health and wellness, I think it'd be super important. No, I agree. And there's a lot of Kingston's a very health orientated town, right? Yeah. Um, we can talk about in many different ways how Kingston's, but like if you go out today, it's a beautiful sunny day and look how many people are out running. Oh, I know right? it's beautiful. And other people that move to Kingston, that's one of the things they notice. They're like, yeah, in the summer, everyone's physical activity. You see everyone outdoors, right? You yeah. It's crazy. Water, to um, like even the K-Town Tri, the KP Trails, like everything. So yeah. that's why I think Kingston's a very health town. And so it would be great just having a chat with some of the locals. And to be honest, there's not really, and maybe we're coming up with the name of the podcast and this, the process of the pro- podcast rate as we're talking here, but like there isn't really like an authority figure, brand, or um, online source for health. No. I don't think. And I mean, you guys did really well with transitioning to online, I think, when um, COVID hit and you, you structured really well. And then even when you came back into the gym, like we're here now, and, and the way you've structured the gym and organized the gym, I think, is is really probably better for your business, even in general. Mm-hmm. So that was probably a positive for you. But I think in general, there's no real – I mean, maybe I'm out of the element because I, I I'm not a huge fitness nerd anymore like I used to be where I don't see I don't see anyone really kind of being that figure. And I think you have an opportunity to do that with, with this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's your intention, but that's that's the way I see it. No, it's not my well, I'll be honest, it's not my intention. My intention is just get out there and start talking to some of the other people in town here and kind of use this as an excuse to reach out to them and start talking. Um because we've had a few ideas over the years of like, hey, how do we talk to the other gym owners, right? And mm-hmm. how do we talk with um the physios, the chiros in town, and and even, like, all the different farms. And we've been doing it through a newsletter, getting some people to write um, for our newsletter to um, even just having them on our um, social media, like Facebook and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where we had them coming and do presentations, even at the gym. We even had our organic farmers, um, Maple Ridge Farms, mm-hmm. which is all beet, well, all meat, Mm-hmm. Um, they do a little bit of everything and meat. They came and did presentation why it's important to have local organic meat, mm-hmm. right? And so now with COVID, we can't really have people in the gym, well, especially right now. Mm-hmm. We can't be in the gym um, working out. So, yeah, this is another way of keeping everyone connected. Yeah, and I like that idea of like bringing all the preventative wellness community together if that's like i know that i'm I keep going to this like bring everyone together do it bigger than just the gym or the members or whatever i can't help but go there but like to bring your your brother in and talk about the importance of chiropractics and and like different physios and different like yeah farms and, and health people 
um, maybe a yoga instructor. Um, although you give me a hard time about yoga. Yeah. No, uh, I'm all for yoga. <laughs> it's not the only means though, but I'll say this, it's not the only yeah. means and health is all encompassing, right? Health and wellness, yeah. right? So you, people come to the gym. That shouldn't be the only way of them getting healthy. They should be doing right. things like from eating healthy, learning how to eat better. Right. And I think that's cool. That's a cool thing about what this could be yeah. or what this is, is like your opportunity to show more about the, the personality behind the brand, behind Bob, mm -hmm. behind the community, behind the other coaches, the other people. Um, and you show more about like the lifestyle of preventative health. I don't know if that's like the, the wording that you would use, but you, you, yeah, you bring in the other things that you do. Like, like for me, you know, if I was to do this just for me, it would be like, it would be like my morning routines, like rituals and meditations and, and then cold tubs and saunas and that kind of stuff, breath work and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and you can bring all those little elements here that are not just coming in here and grinding away on some weights, which yeah. isn't, the, that isn't what you get here. What you get here is much more than that, but then there's also, there are other components that go into the holistic, which may not be the word that I would use normally, but that's the only thing coming to me, but the holistic preventative health measures that we take um, mm -hmm. or that you take or that you believe in or that other people believe in, even if you don't believe in them, I think that's great conversation and great content for people that are members or non-members, people in Kingston that can learn more about health, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. And going back to, like, say, bring up the yoga thing, um, like, that's just another means of making yourself a better person. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what it should be. It, like, it, try and become – everyone should be always trying to self-improve, right? Mm -hmm. And whether that's doing through fitness, learning how to cook better or eat better, um, meditate having a better morning routine to um, doing things like yoga, right? And then to go back to yoga, like yoga should be one piece, not the mm -hmm. only piece. Mm -hmm. And that's my only thing with yoga because some people think I do yoga, therefore I'm healthy. Well, it's like people come to the gym, I work out, so therefore I'm healthy. Well, no, there's more to it. In fact, that's, that's like the smallest piece. The biggest piece is usually um, overall lifestyle, which includes food, right? The interesting thing about fitness in today's world, I think about, I think about this like more philosophically is like religion's on its way out in a way. Like it's not fully out, but like there are less and less people going to church, less and less people believing in Catholicism, for example, here in the West. And there are other things that we're trying to grab onto because us, you know, as humans innately want to sort of identify with groups and, and that's how we've kind of evolved. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like the funny thing about CrossFit, for example, cause you used to be a full CrossFit gym and you still operate with, CrossFit principles and there are other things, but like even yoga, there's all these different strand streams of yoga and they all have their own like indoctrination sort of period. And so like, I can totally see why someone would be like, Oh, all I need to do is yoga is because there's a methodology there that you kind of believe in. There's ideology that you subscribe to and then you start to do it and you do feel pretty good and it does sort of feel like a whole body experience. But yeah, over time, if you're not lifting weights and I agree with this too, like if you're not building strength, on top of building mobility, which some people say you can do with yoga, and I think you probably can. I just, that's not my, that's not the way I view it, or that's not the way I do it. And so, like, having that mix of things, you really have to build a bit of a toolbox in order to, like, to mm -hmm. grow it out, don't you think? Like, that's just the way I think about it anyway. Oh, for sure. No, um, I think, yeah, going, everyone gets attached to one move, like, one type of health, right? Yeah. And kind of bring up your religion point, yeah, and they, they become that obsessed with it. That's the only way of doing it, right? Yeah. But they always say, like, when it's just like in fitness or health, they say the people who only eat one style of, of – um, they only diet one way, right? So I'll say, um, like, use someone like vegans, right? Mm -hmm. I should be careful on this, but with uh – -oh. Um, uh oh Yeah, but they, if, if the they, vegans are listening, the vegans are mad yeah. already. You said vegans, they're triggered. But if you only eat one type of style, they yeah. usually say they um, are not as healthy as they make them to be. Same with people who – Are you eat. suggesting now – it's a bold statement. You're saying vegans aren't healthy? Is that what you're no, saying? I'm saying they're not as healthy as <laughs> – But it's, just it's the same thing with like people who are like eat paleo or keto, right? yeah, yeah. But the more diverse your food intake is, the healthier you're going to be. And that's my honest belief. So yeah, and I, I, I fully agree with that. Like, yeah, my is, girlfriend is, she would have been, like, a, she would have tried veganism a while ago. She's, you know, altered over time, Mediterranean and, like, mm -hmm. vegetarian. And, and maybe now with the baby on the way, like, 
like maybe more paleo ish, but like, yeah, I think you're right. Like you yeah. can't, you can't get stuck in the patterns of the same thing because mm-hmm. our brains just don't operate that way. We need change. We need disruption. Yeah. Um, in order for like patterns to form and for growth to happen and muscle. I mean, you can speak to that more than I can, but muscle to grow, you need to kind of shake things up a bit, right? Oh, for sure. And that's not this antidote that like, oh, what I observe, it's like the health professionals coming out and saying like the more diverse, but it's like fitness, right? If you only did CrossFit or if you only did like powerlifting, right? And they'd be like, well, I'm super strong. I can lift this weight, but can you go run five kilometers? Right. No. Right. Because you just don't train for that. But if you only did CrossFit and you're like, well, I only do things that are inside the CrossFit box here. Mm-hmm. Well, can you like jump on a paddleboard and go paddling, right? right. Can, can you do things like that? And that's why I think like fitness should be all encompassing, right? Um, coming from like, like go do a yoga class, yeah. go do a spin class, go like go take a cooking class, learn how to eat med- Mediterranean food, right? Yeah. Or cook Mediterranean food, not learn to eat it, but. Yeah, and this brings up one thing that we didn't have a real, a real script for this, and you're trying to let it kind of flow. But one thing you want to talk about was the origin story, and like, and that triggered me to think about what we've talked about a lot of a lot of times. And it's not really in the gym, but it's like it's not plastered anywhere in the gym, but it's something you talk about quite a bit. It's trained for adversity, mm-hmm. and life is hard trained for it. Yeah. And when you maybe I could just ask you a question. I know this is you interviewing me, or we're doing this episode together. But what does that mean to you? What is like because you and I talked about that a lot, and I think I see that in the gym, and I think a lot of people that are listening will be members that will understand that train for life is sort of a tagline and something as like maybe a moral sort of way of thinking or a philosophy of yours that, that you brought into the gym. So what does that mean? What, how does that play into your thinking day-to-day just as Bob? And then what does that mean to the gym and, and how you run the business? Train for adversity or train life is hard, train for it? Well, I think life is I think train for adversity was kind of that first thing that you yeah. came up with and then it's evolved over time to be trained for life. Would you not say that that's kind of been Yeah, the, like like I would say this, like um like train for adversity, like say for example, like I'm honest, I believe that we should be able to be functional, whatever we do. You drive a car, car breaks down, you should be able to like, you have to get out. It's stuck on the middle of the road. You should be able to push it over to the side of the road, mm-hmm. right? If you're so um, enabled to, like, walk up a flight of stairs, then you should do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, like, training adversity because nothing in life ever goes to plan, right? Right. Like, when we started this gym here, like, everything took longer. Everything cost more. Right. right? And so it's one of those things, yeah, you just got to plan for it. But when things go wrong, you got to be willing to go with the flow and kind of be able to take it on. So my train for adversity is like, don't be so stuck and train one way. Like, um, if someone can come in, they're like, I can deadlift 405 pounds. Right. Which is like pretty good weight and stuff like that. That's what I said to you just before we started shooting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but then we, we had sandbags here. Now we don't have them just because of COVID and stuff because we can't use them, but, uh, <laughs> past the COVID. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But with sandbags, then some people are like, oh, I can deadlift four and five pounds, but they have trouble picking up a 200-pound sandbag, mm, right? right? Which is, well, deadlifting four Arguably pounds, more functional yeah, is more, picking up a bag, right? Yeah, because yeah. if you think about it, like, you're, you have to just get in different positions to pick it up, and I think that's what training for adversity is. Like, awesome, you right. can deadlift 405 pounds, but how does that relate to everything else in your life? Right. Now, if you're training for a sport, like powerlifting, where the most, the ends of the means is you deadlifting, Awesome. But if you're just training just so you can be healthier, then you should be able to pick up a 200-pound sandbag yeah. more than a 400-pound bar- barbell. Because every time we walk up to the barbell, it's, per- it's perfect. Exact same. It's going to be the exact same every single day. The weight's on it. It's going to be the same height, um, same width, everything like that. Sandbag, when you pick it up, it's going to be awkward. The sand's going to move around. And I think that's why some people don't like it because it's not that exactly what they're expecting. But you have to learn to adapt to pick it up. And mm. I think that's where the whole chain of adversity is, mm. right? Mm. And say, for example, um, like you go back to your car, your car breaks down. You have to be able to push it over to the side of the road. And then you got to be able to walk like, say, 7, 8K, mm-hmm. right? And now if you're um, out of shape, being able to walk all that far, that, that might just kill you. But not like literally kill you, but like it would just exhaust you. So I think it's being having that mental mind frame. It's like, yeah, I'm healthy. We just have to walk. 
have to deal with it. We're going to miss our meeting or mm-hmm. not be on time for something. And so it's being able to do everyday life when things go wrong. And that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Like life is hard. Yeah. And it's conflict crafts character. And so when you run into things that don't go as planned, it's how, how you react to them. Right. Mm. And going back to that sandbag versus um, barbell deadlift, when you pick anything heavy off the ground, it's never a perfect barbell. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So imagine your dog, you try and pick up your dog. How old is, or how heavy is Pearl Pearl is, Pearl's like 40 pounds now, maybe like pounds. just under 40 pounds, like 35 okay, pounds. Say maybe. for example, you put, Pearl and I can't lift her up because yeah, I've, yeah, I've been doing yoga for yeah, too long. Yeah, you've been doing yoga, so yeah. but but imagine you gave Pearl some creatine and protein steroids, yeah. and she, I plan well, on that. That's yeah. the next cycle once she hits 12, yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then um, all of a sudden she's uh, hundred pounds, right? Yeah, trying to pick up a dog is awkward, right? Yeah. And especially if they're moving around, so you got to pick up a hundred pound dog. I can think that really relates. Like if I if, if Pearl was stuck in the in the lake, and like you said, she was a hundred pound dog, and you know I wasn't. I wasn't able to save her, you know, like I wasn't able to get in there and, and get her out or, or in another scenario where like I need to pick her up if she breaks mm-hmm. her leg or something. I'm going to the, de- like the, the drastic lake drowning situation, but no. I would feel like shit if I wasn't able to, to help her. And actually like that, a lot of this really cues up some of the thinking that I've had related to what you're saying about um, train for adversity. That's like a, it's a really good model for life in general. And I think about like longevity, which is kind of this buzzword now, but it's kind of like long life and long health. Like I don't want to live long and just be a potato. Like I want to, I want to live a healthy life, a functional life where I'm 90 and still being able to pick up my grandkids mm-hmm. and, you know, do the groceries and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then, yeah, I got thinking about like this idea of resistance and resilience. And I've talked about this a lot. Maybe we talked about it together, but like adversity really is running up against resistance and being able to move past it. And to be able to do that, you have to train your body and your mind. And I would say, we may not get into this, but you know how I feel about soul and spirit and spirituality. But I would say that's another component of it as well. And then I think on that other side of the resistance, where you are in that sort of adversity while you're in it, on the other side of all that, once the adversity is sort of felt and you get through it, you then build a layer of resilience on top of that. Mm -hmm. And then the next time it happens, you just get more and more capable of facing that adversity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I definitely really miss about, about the gym and something you don't get, I don't get in yoga anyway, and maybe I'm just not pushing myself hard enough, or I think a hot yoga class is different where you get you go through some serious resistance there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hot yoga, I always, I've never done it, but everyone says like mentally it's hard. It's tough. Because like... If you do a real hot yoga class where it's really in a hot room, it's, it is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like, that's when you've got the mental and the physical together. But for me, like yoga has been a lot of just, it's really just a mindfulness exercise mm-hmm. because I'm not pushing myself that hard there. But the thing that I'm missing is that resistance that comes from heavy deadlifts or a hard wad workout of the day for those that don't know CrossFit. And you're like, you know, you're, you're halfway there and you look up and you've got X number of reps left and you know, you've, you, you know, you're suffering mm-hmm. and you go for it anyway. And you keep moving through it. Even if you struggle, even if you suck, even if you can't, you know, f- you feel like you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that is what, that's what I learned here. And maybe that's, that's just, I'm just adding to what, to what you, uh, what you said there. For sure. And I think people get addicted to that. Pain, for sure. Right. For sure. And like, and we come here so we can push ourselves like misery loves company, right? Yeah, when we yeah. come in here, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to suffer, but like your people love doing really hard workouts. Right? Yeah. And people who love doing really hard workouts, it carries over to other parts of their life. They're the go-getters, yeah. right? They're like, say for example, we're in a lockdown right now and say someone's like, okay, I don't have any work. I'm just going to sit at home. Mm-hmm. Well, people who love chasing after those hard workouts, they're not going to sit around. Mm-hmm. They're either going like do more workouts or start taking on more projects, and I think that just kind of builds up that um, adversity. It's like, okay, what else can I do? I want, I want more. I want more, and it mm-hmm. keeps people hungry, right? Yeah, and I always, I, and part of the reason why maybe I slowed down was because I realized that I wanted more of something that was outside of me, mm-hmm. and that's that's a tricky like balance. It's like leveraging the workouts and the experience to build that res- resilience, but not 
let it be the escape to something that you need to see in some ways, like like uh, like like with drugs, right? Because mm-hmm. essentially, you it's a drug experience. It's a chemical experience. Let's there, not call oh, it yeah, drug, 100%. but but you like you said, you said addicted. Like there are chemicals that are released in the body and in the brain, and the dopamine and the the endorphins that that get dropped in midway through workout or when you're done, and that feeling of just like like accomplishing something. But like chemically, it's it's very similar to taking a hit of of a drug, mm-hmm. and so like you said, it's very addictive. And I think before I was I was using it as as an escape. And I don't think everybody does that. It's, it's, I'm only talking about myself. But I bet you that some people can relate to that idea of it being an escape. But it's a good one. Like It's, it's much better than hitting, uh, hitting the crack pipe or something yeah. like that, right? Well, there is a lot of stories of people who used to be addicted to drugs and they started doing CrossFit because yeah. it gets addicting and they want more, right? And it's always changing. You're always chasing, chasing that high, right? Yeah, and I think that goes back to the idea of having like – a repertoire of different things, just like a, a routine, a, a set of a set of uh, tools that shake up the snow globe a little bit. So you're not stuck in the one thing, and then that you can like release into whatever you're potentially escaping from, if you are escaping from something in other ways. And that's why I do think like yoga is a really beautiful balance of that. When I did find that, I kind of went too hard on that, mm-hmm. and so then I was like escaping something else there. And I wasn't building but that back in, and then COVID hit, and it was just like yeah. everything was disrupted, and I did nothing for months. Well, and then that's very common, right? That's very common. People start doing CrossFit. They were like, yeah, I'm going to go six, seven times a week, yeah. right? I'm going to change my diet because I have to eat healthier. And then, yeah. and same thing with yoga. I hear stories or they're like, yeah, I'm doing yoga like twice a day. Yeah, and I'm fasting, and I've been on this plant-based yeah. diet, and now but, I lost like 170 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, but then, then they it gets addicting, right? Yeah, and it does. And they want more, and then that's what starts happening, right? And then it comes down to like it becomes too much, right? And it's about creating that life balance. Yeah, and I think that's that's an interesting topic. I think we could probably talk about this all day, but it's really like personal development is what we're talking about. And I know that I've been addicted to personal development. That's why help, that's why self-help books are like the top book genre in the bookstores because people are addicted to becoming better mm-hmm. and that's coming from a place of lack in a lot of ways and so when you come to a gym like that's the ultimate place where you feel like you're you're not adequate enough and that this place will make you better and so there's definitely a, a real easy way to get sucked into that and addicted to it but then having I think having people and having the community and having other ways to to go through that and if you can support that at a gym i think it's super powerful and i think you do that here i think your your members are would agree with me in saying that that you have like a family environment here that's not just about coming in here and 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 working just on the physical body there are you, you support other things like one of the things you always talk about is like work for those ice cream sandwiches i think you have a, another way to say it but yeah earn your ice cream sandwiches, earn your yeah. earn your ice cream sandwiches and like that's a good that's another way that your your values or your ways of thinking come into play mm-hmm. in in the in the gym and in the brand and in the in the programming and the processes because you believe that it's not all about the discipline you need that that surrender to the beautiful things in life like an ice cream sandwich is a beautiful thing well we start <laughs> saying is because we coach a lot of teens here, and I know how the saying goes, earn your beers, let's go. Like yeah. I learned from my rugby days, like, let's earn our beers, let's go yeah. get a win. But I can't say that to 15-year-old kids. Like, right, right, beers. right. Oh, so I was okay, like, cool. okay, let's go earn our ice cream sandwiches, guys. <laughs> we are going to do some hard sprints here. And then we started doing it, and then one it's day. It's stuck. It's stuck. It's stuck. And then I started bringing ice cream sandwiches for the end of the workouts. And so there's photos of them all flexing, nice. eating ice cream sandwiches. So that's why we started saying that. It was kind of like the... Uh, under 18 way of saying earn your beers right right oh cool do they know that like do, um, do, like, do the teens know that it comes from that like history but uh, I can probably explain it to them now because they're all 19 well maybe they'll now. hear it maybe they'll hear it yeah, yeah so but that's yeah. where it came from cool and everyone likes ice cream sandwiches not everyone drinks beer right right so we gotta be all encompassing well the whole gym does it now like or used to do it I remember after like the opens and stuff, there'd be ice cream sandwiches kicking around, and yeah. well, because we be got this, rid like, of the subtle thing. We got rid of the deep freezer in the back. You should do a merch drop, a T-shirt with just an ice cream sandwich on it, um, and your good. face. 
my face. Someone can design like the package. It'll look like your face. And I don't think like, it'll sell too much. many, but. Well, maybe, yeah, we get rid of your face and it'll sell. Then they'll sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the, uh, so we're in, we're sitting in a, basically a closet. And this is basically where you started, mm-hmm. but down in a different location. But like how, I'll just throw it back to you. Like how did you start? Because I'm just fascinated by business, fascinated by entrepreneurs who create stuff, artists. Like I would call you an artist and you wouldn't agree with that or you wouldn't identify with that probably, but someone who creates something and you created a pretty cool brand, a pretty cool business. And a lot of, and up right now, a lot of businesses are failing or flailing. And I would say that you're probably, you know, in a tough spot like a lot of people are, but you have loyalty that's unmatched by a lot of other businesses, not just in Kingston, but in the businesses that I know of and I see. And so like, I don't think we've ever had a full chance to sit down and talk about the history and like where you started and like, but I, I know that you started in a, in a room like, you know, not much bigger than this. Yeah, we started a room that was probably about 400 square feet. Yeah. So. And now how big is this spot? Just to give everyone context because they might not be watching. 5,000. 5,000. 400 square feet to 5,000 square yeah. feet. Yeah. Amazing. Um, no, it started like we just basically became obsessed with CrossFit. Like mm-hmm. I used to live down in Mexico, moved back to start a CrossFit gym. And we started running um, like two classes in the morning, two classes in the evening, waited till they filled up. And then um, we basically had to find a bigger spot because we were literally getting kicked out of that spot. And so you came back from Mexico and you're just like, I got a sweet tan. I don't know what to do. I so, like this CrossFit thing. So when, where, where I was in Mexico was not so much like the tanning. When you think of Cancun, <laughs> just, it was I was just kidding. Like, I'm just kidding about that. You, I know you taught English down there. And, yeah. So, so it was like you were up in the mountains, right? Yeah. And, and that's where I, became, I learned what CrossFit was right before I went down there. So mm-hmm. I started doing, um, teaching myself CrossFit. Now in this, they have um, summertime there. So in the summertime, the difference between there is that you still had to go to work every day, even though there was no classes to teach. Right. Oh, for the teaching thing. Sorry. Yeah, for, yeah, the, yeah, for yeah. the teaching yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. And so I just go into work every single day, spend eight hours with nothing to do. And so really we're supposed to be like doing self development, like learning. And maybe. prepping for the next year. Yeah, and... prepping for but even though we'll spend like two hours doing that a day. So I was like, okay, well so You're doing CrossFit. Yeah. Well, I started reading about CrossFit. I couldn't oh, do okay. the workouts okay. at the so I right. just started reading and reading. This is back when um they used to do the CrossFit Journal and like everything was written uh, before all the videos, right? right? I don't even think YouTube was that big back then. Okay. This what year was this? Uh, 2010. 2010, okay. I mean, maybe YouTube was big back yeah, then. Yeah, but it, no, it wasn't that big. Yeah. But um, we, I couldn't download videos right. on YouTube just right. because the internet was so slow. There'd be days where there was like no internet in the town wow. for like a couple days, right? Oh, I would, I'd kind of have a weird dream of that happening today. Yeah. It'd be um, nice. We need a break from the internet. Oh, yeah, for sorry. sure. Like, it was awesome, but like, what I would do is like to get like a four minute video, I'll start downloading at like 7 30 in the morning. By like 5 30 in the evening, he'll be ready. Oh, that's that's right. hilarious. And so, what I would do is just obsessed with it, just start reading more and more. And so, I decided to move back home to start across the gym because where I was in Mexico, you can't, I can only go so far, right? right. And so, I was like, okay, I need more, right? Constant right. improvement, like we were talking about. And so I remember sending an email to my dad's like, I'm moving back to Canada, start CrossFit gym. My dad's like, what? what? What is this? But he was at the time like awesome anyway to get you home. Right. This is when like all you see is on the news is cartels right. and stuff like that. So I came back here, started. And you were involved with the cartels too. We, we'll talk about that another Yeah, episode. that's another one. Yeah, yeah that we'll talk, that's a whole other story yeah. for another um, episode. <laughs> but so we came, I came back here and my brother let me rent his spot. Like he has a little like um, – yoga studio micro gym in his office at the live wall center right mm. brother dr peter Payne, um and so he gave me shout out dr peter Payne. Yeah, i just saw him go. last week yeah um he, he's going to sponsor this episode yeah, yeah. just through that <laughs> yes perfect um all so, three people that are listening maybe maybe he'll get a referral yeah i don't, I don't even think he would <laughs> listen to it but um and so he let me d- run classes there we had to do it first thing in the morning and at night because there was a uh, massage therapy mm. going on so, so you had two classes that's how you started one one class in the morning one class in the evening yeah and we ran six people and you and, just slowly started to build a, a yeah. base of people was it would it be a would it have been the first CrossFit gym in Kingston then? Uh, yeah, Queen Street opened up right around the same time. Okay. Um, and so they opened up at the same time. But, yeah, we couldn't run classes in the daytime. And then that's how I met Kira because she came a member. Okay. And then we moved. Then we're like, okay, let's go expand. So we found this. Spot. How did you get members in the beginning? Um, I think back in the day, that was when CrossFit was just 
taking off. So there was a bit of like their indirect branding was yeah. like helping you and you had like maybe, did you have a website and, and stuff? No. I th- <laughs> you didn't I have a I, website. You just I, had like a sign? I think I started with a blog post or something like that because oh, you get affiliated on the CrossFit website. So if like oh, cool. someone moves to Kingston, they oh, cool. do a search through that, right? So they would have searched CrossFit and then maybe found you and maybe Queen yeah. Street and then you might have popped up first or something. So they would have been like, hey, yeah. what's this about? But there was actually a CrossFit Kingston at the time too. I forgot about that. Oh, okay. And that's when they started to remove themselves from CrossFit. Um, oh, okay. And so I forgot where I was with that. But so yeah, we started running classes. And so the... Um, way we I was just asking it. you about members. Like, how did you start getting members? That's where I was going. I think in the days had to start, start right. searching. I yeah. knew nothing back then. Right? right. And I didn't even think like do face. I probably started a Facebook page. And right. I was like, yeah, CrossFit. And then <laughs> we get like one person, two right. people. And then we started organically through that. Like I knew nothing about marketing or anything. And so. Yeah. You still don't, but. Yeah, I know. But that's where you came <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the next episode. Um, but, um, and then we moved into this spot just because. We literally outgrew that spot. I think we were putting holes in the wall. Um, couldn't drop <laughs> Pete's a like, out. Pete's like, guys, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, well, like, what we had to do is we want to do a running workout, so we'll move all the equipment outside. So we're mo- picking up barbells, and we're putting right. them outside. And we're putting, like, scratches in the door. I'd be like, guys, be very careful, right? Yeah, and there's, like, office buildings there, too, it's right? office building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right beside us as a lawyer. <laughs> spot and like we're scratching up and it was like had to hold the door open who are all these monkeys out here just slinging weights yeah yeah and, that's funny. um <laughs> yeah so we had to start doing that and we will do wall balls on the backs of the building right beside the dumpsters <laughs> and my job at that time was when people do wall balls we're using like these we're not using the current ones we have but like these round ones because they're a lot cheaper mm-hmm. and when people drop them they'll start rolling down the driveway <laughs> Because it wasn't flat. So my job was to literally go chase all these balls and find little rocks to hold them there. So that's how we started, right? That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was not professional back then. No. Yeah. We could not well, get Well, that's, that's how you do anything, right? You just, again, train for adversity and, and build resistance or build resilience, right? Yeah. Like, you could have easily stopped at 400 square feet, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, so when we moved here, it was the same thing. Like, we started running a couple more classes, started adding more, and then we all this spot it was like all that organic um just growth natural, yeah yeah right yeah and it's funny because looking back at those old days of some of the things we went through and looking back it was like man like if i hadn't done things if i knew what i knew now back then you'd done things way differently but i think that's how you learn right and that's how you learn through your experience like doing some of the bad ideas i'd be like oh we're going to do things like this yeah you have to fail forward right like you have to you have to mess up and and screw up and and uh yeah like i fully relate to that and resonate with the idea of looking back right you can like you get as you grow and you do stuff and you and you figure things out you get a little bit stronger a little bit smarter a little bit faster and then you look back and like fuck if i knew this like you know even even now how things are happening so fast even though 12 12 months ago what i know now would be so much more well off but you need that process to go through it whether it's failing or actually just like grinding it out over the course of a few months or years or whatever to get to a place even if it doesn't feel like failure you're building on something it's Mm -hmm. just brick by brick by brick oh yeah and like that's what makes it fun because you do look back at your Mm -hmm. failures and then you tell a story about it Mm -hmm. And I think, well, you talk to any business owner, like any world-class business owner, entrepreneur, and they're like, this is where I went wrong. They've got more stories of failure than success, mm. right? Or mm. any top athlete, too. They got more stories of failure when growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan being cut from the basketball team. Tom Brady being um, 199th draft, right? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, and those guys are just like ruthlessly competitive with themselves. Yeah, and when they fail at something, they come back even harder, and they yeah. will just keep grinding. I think that's the, and that's why I like the training adversity. Like when things go wrong, like like there was times when we were in this spot, like our landlord was like, because when we used to drop barbells, when we used to just be on this side, right, the turf side, we used to drop the weights, and the uh, landlord was like, "We're going to kick you out." because the vibrations right even though we came and tested all and he said yeah that's no problem Mm -hmm. like it's a gym moving in but i don't think he was expecting the volume right right? especially i think like especially when i'm here like there's a lot of weights slinging around the 10 pounds and the empty barbell (laughs) yeah Yeah. those pink little dumbbells yeah exactly but um (laughs) no i think like the first day when we came in here i literally some of our members took barbells and they're literally just slammed them above their head they were just so pumped to be in a bigger space because in the parking lot like when they drop (laughs) weights it rolls down the driveway right (laughs) Right. so so we we couldn't do it in their old spot that's amazing um, 
so I think people were so excited here, and I think the the barbershop, he's cutting around people's ears. And, right. He's, and, like, shaking. Yeah, you know, the pictures yeah. are falling off. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, then he was like, yeah, we're going to kick you out. So we had to come up with, like, plan B, plan C. And, like, it's that – and that's what it kind of felt like when COVID hit, right? Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about COVID. Like, where – because people will be listening to this during COVID if, you know, they, this goes out or whatever. But um, what's the – adversity like right now what what are things that like what are things like right now if you're even willing to talk about it or maybe like for those that are at home even and just on the fitness side of things you don't have to talk about the business but just on the fitness side of things like what does that adversity look like at home for you or, or what, what, are you, what are you how are you thinking about the adversity we're going through right now oh, i think everyone's gotta be super tough like imagine being a mom you just found out your kids are gonna be homeschooled for mm-hmm. the next indefinitely right mm-hmm. and so and i think people want they use fitness as their escape to get away from their home and stuff like that now they can't go to the gym their kids are home full time so it's got to be super hard on them mm-hmm. you can right? just kind of get everything all at once is what it yeah like. and everything's so, coming and in. so that's why like we're doing the zoom classes just so people can connect and and it's funny because we do the zoom classes and you see some people like their kids are riding around those little Tonka trucks to like the mom as she's trying to do burpees and she's like the sound's off so I can't hear them but you can see her pointing be like get it get away right or like people's pets all like the the dog will lie down right in front of them right as they're about to do the burpee and they're like they're picking up their dog trying to move it (laughs) but it's things like that and that's the adversity but it's like well hopefully in six months from now when we're not locked down people are going to look back and just kind of laugh and be like oh man that was like a gong show yeah And, like, right now, it's super frustrating. But I think there's nothing we can do about it other than just try and laugh it off and be like, yep, I'm just going to make the best uh, I can of these workouts. Like, they're stuck at home. Yeah. They All they got to have minimum equipment. Yeah. And they can't control that. So you might as well use this as opportunity to be like, I'm going to work on my fitness or I'm going to work on my running mm-hmm. because there's not much else you can do. Like, you can sit at home and be like, um, be mad that you can't train at the gym. Be like, um, I really need to lift the barbell to feel better, but mm-hmm. it's not the only means of fitness. It's not the only means. And so that's why um, it's, I train for adversity. Use this mm-hmm. time to work on your body weight movements. Get really good at doing burpees, mm-hmm. right? Get really good at doing push-ups, air squats, lunges, right? Mm-hmm. Until, like, you're literally sick of them. Then when we come back in the gym, we avoid those movements for a week or two. And mm. then, mm. But I think that's what it is right now for all the members. It's just, like, and everyone's... Um, suffering. Mm-hmm. Well, I, sh- I don't want to use the word suffering. That's strong, but like everyone's like, okay. everyone has their own challenges. Th- their own challenges yeah. right now. And, and, and like that's the unique thing about COVID. When, because like anytime I talk to people, like like they're coming in grabbing a piece of equipment from the gym, they're all like, oh, this is like f- how it's festering for me, right? Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a di- uh, way of how COVID affected them. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's the same thing with the gym. Like we have to when we are doing classes in here, we are all our protocols and everything trying to keep everyone separate, uh, mm-hmm. social distancing, cleaning the weights and mm-hmm. doing everything like that. The interesting thing about it for me that I've understood is like, while we're all d- suffering, you said suffering, I'll just stick with that word, even though I think we both know that that's not what exactly we mean, but we're all suffering, but we're all kind of being shown what we have in common mm-hmm. is that we all have some problems. We all have some shit we have to sort of face. And then the analogy always is there's like there's skeletons in the closet, right? And it's easy for us to to have those skeletons in the closet. But in COVID, when you're like stuck in isolation, you start to see, okay, is this relationship that I'm in not like something that's a problem? Is my fitness actually like what I thought it was? Is you know all these different there's these different things like or my my relationship with my kids, like my relationship with food, all these things come up, and you just have to face them all, which I think is is difficult like it's definitely difficult but i think it's been at least for me potentially the best experience of my life to go through and just see what these skeletons are and and maybe not everybody's willing to do that and 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 you don't have to do that and maybe not everyone's going at it that way and they see it the same way i do in the way i'm describing it but i think it's it's been a really massive opportunity for us to see like what do we like about our lives? What do we don't like about our lives? And then giving us an opportunity to change it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of people, they, um, best way to put it is like they kind of clean the house. Yeah. Right. And 
from talking about the skeletons in her closet, they're like, man, when I go to work, like, I really don't enjoy my job. Yeah. And so they start thinking about, it's like, I'm enjoying being at home, right? And from, like, a business point, I'm sure there's so many um, businesses that are like, we don't need to pay for all this extra office. Yeah. Everyone can work just as well at home. And then they're saying, like, a lot of people actually get more done at home because they'll be commuting. Yeah. The, you're not wasting your time having the drama with your coworkers. Too. Yeah. And so some people clean house with that. And and I think people are realizing, like, oh, it's actually nice just to do some gardening at home. Yeah. Right? And they're looking at life a little bit different and, like, a slower pace. And during that first lockdown, I think everyone slowed everything down. It was kind of nice, like, hey, I'm not in a rush to get to work. I'm just going to take my time, drink my coffee, because they didn't have to be at work. At, they didn't have to fight the morning traffic. Drink mm-hmm. your coffee, kind of slow down, enjoy life. Even though... Um, we're all kind of stuck at home, but you can't control mm-hmm. all that. So there's no point stressing about it. Yeah, like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been feeling like. Where it's like the last, what are we in it now? Like a year and a half now almost? Or like uh, maybe less than months. 14 months? Yeah. Like it, it has been slow, smooth in a way, like smoothing out things. Like you're smoothing out different, th- I've been doing this anyway. Smoothing out things in my life, just like psychological things and emotional things and work things and all these kind of things and you smooth it out but it's been really slow sort of like that that process has been slow but then also like because that's been slow other things have sped up which has made it feel like really really fast so like work and having a baby and all these other things and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that because while this is how I've been experiencing it anyway with people that I've been talking to is they say like, oh, it's been like all this time. But then you talk, then you can spin that conversation with the same person and go, yeah, and I did this and I did that and I did this. And you're like, in that amount of time? And they're like, oh shit, yeah. Like it's been, it's been a wild, it's been a wild ride. And like, there's no way I'm going to say like, I want this again or I want this to last as long as possible. But it hasn't been, and I don't want to say that there hasn't been negatives. Of course there are. And I don't even, we can go into those things too. But there have been some pretty beautiful moments throughout this time I think for a lot of people would, re- I think a lot of people would admit that. And I think that's not popular to talk about, unfortunately. And that's why I'm just talking about it. Cause it doesn't, it, you know, it's, it's important. I think. Oh, I think by, uh, during the first lockdown, Tara and I were like first couple of weeks, like very emotional. Cause yeah. both our jobs got, we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Like, man, are we going to be able to pay the next mortgage? Like it was like, cause there were so many unknowns. Everyone was like that. But after a while, once we realized, okay, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to survive. Like, we still have our health. We still have each other. When mm. we start enjoying our morning coffees. Because mm. normally it's like, get up 6 a.m. or, like, at the gym for 6 a.m., right? Right, right, right. And, or, we like, we don't see each other until, like, 9 o'clock at night. We'll have a glass of wine. And then mm. I'll be like, okay, I got to go to bed now. Because mm. I got, like, a super long day tomorrow. Now it's like, drink our morning coffee. Kind of took the dogs for a long walk and stuff like that. You had that slow start, mm. right? Even though things were stressful, like, we lost a lot of money and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but you start to realize, like, yeah, that's not important. Like, mm. the point is the the value, the mm. quality time, and that's what we're kind of trying to make sure we get out. Even this third lockdown, it's like just make sure it's it sucks, but let's just somehow find this as an opportunity. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an opportunity to like really remember what you learned from the 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 silence and the uncertainty and the disruption and the hardship Mm -hmm. to then cement those things into your life in a new way and that's how i like to i choose to think of it and and people will you know you can say that that's like being too optimistic and there will will be people that you know go to the extremes of what's going on behind the scenes and and that might not be how everybody's seeing it but i really think that that's the only way to go through life like everything's uncertain tomorrow's uncertain so like we can assume that it's just going to keep getting worse, or that it's this is a a precursor to something even wor- even bigger and and worse, or you know we can take what we've learned and sort of try to apply that in a in a productive way, so that we move through the next level of adversity in a, in an easier way. Yeah, well, that's a beautiful way to summarize what we just talked about with, yeah. with the brand. Well, it's like I know because you're into stoicism too, right? Yeah, you follow them because the three sayings there, one of them is memory. Um, Memento mori. Yeah, memento mori, yeah. right? And then the other one's amore fate. Yeah. Right? Memento mori is like, we could die tomorrow. Yeah. So let's enjoy today. Yeah. And love of fate. I have that on my 
my chain. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that's a great saying. Like yeah. things went wrong, like use this as a opportunity. Like, yeah. okay, we're stuck at home. Um, from a business standpoint, like let's figure out where some of the holes in the business that we never had time for before, and let's try and fix it. Or yeah. let's okay, we're stuck at home. Um, let's take this time to clean out the shed. Or yeah. fa- like let's work on the garden. Right, find time to do the things that you always said you never had time for. Because yeah. now we do. Now you don't have that excuse, right? Yeah, it's to not merely accept your fate, but to love it. Yeah. It's kind of this description. Oh, yeah, of it, right? it's, it's lo- like, love, like, okay, yeah. this happened to me. How am I going to get better from this? Yeah, and that's that's what I was saying before about, like, the positivity of it. Like, there, you can go any way you want, but when you do it that way, then you then you really start to put the love into your fate, into the circumstances that you're in, and then they don't become so bad. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, not everyone's cup of tea. And everyone, Some people will hear that and barf, but I think it's something you and I share, and watching you go through COVID and the situation that you're in, I think it's been helpful for you to have that, that stoic mindset of, of really just kind of simplifying it and knowing that like, this is part of the process and tomorrow is going to be way different. You know, you could have a 30,000 square foot gym by the end of the year, you know, not not that that's what you're looking for, but you've got other things you're working on. There's Mm -hmm. other creative endeavors and, and different ways to build something productive in life or, you sit and complain or post on Facebook about yeah, how and, shitty things are. Yeah, and claim you're the victim, but yeah, but um, I forgot what I was going to say on top of that. But no, we'll, we're always in control. Yeah. Control. Let's work on the things we can control. Yeah, it's like we're in control, but we're also not in control. Yeah, and so you can only you can only accept what is that is the fate. Well, it's like the say the weather, right? Yeah, we uh, we can't control the weather. Yeah. Even the weatherman says tomorrow's supposed to rain and it doesn't rain and everyone's yeah. mad at the weatherman. Yeah, fuck like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you, I, don't, I had a picnic planned. Yeah, it's exactly. going to be sunny. But, um, but why get so mad? Even, like if it does mess up your plans, but um, hey, I'm going to have a picnic, right? Yeah. Or you're doing this outdoor event or something like that, right? Well, the weather throws it off. Yeah. You can't get mad because we can't control it. Right. Yeah. And if really, and even if you do, like, just we're we're trying to sound like we've got like this all figured out, but like we have these big moments too, where it's like it's raining. I wanted to go on a on the paddleboard, like, yeah, you know. But but at the end of the day, is it that bad? Or you're playing this outdoor event. At the end of the day, is it that bad? Yeah. But really, you should have a backup plan for the outdoor event. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like I know, like on someone's wedding day, it poured rain and hailed and did all that stuff. Like, but people are always going to remember that. Yeah. Because on that wedding day when there was like hail in the middle of July, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking of a specific example, but yeah. I'm just thinking about like when things go wrong, you yeah. learn from it, right? Yeah. It's like when you go camping, you don't remember all the things that go right or how perfect the weather is. You remember all the things that Yeah, the memories. Wrong. Even if it was like raining the whole time, you got to spend, you know, the alone time with your spouse or whoever you're with yeah. in like the tent. But, you, or but you remember those things, yeah, right? Exactly. You tend to remember those things like, oh, it was rain. Um, like we had this crazy storm come in and we we're paddling and lightning was hitting the water and we had to get out and like mm-hmm. it was a big scramble, scary, but like then you remember that. That's what creates that story. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's so many of those things happening right now with COVID, I think, right? Like there's so many, I mean, Kate and I have the baby on the way and like we're, we're so, we feel so lucky to be able to build our family during this because we have the alone time to think about like what are our family values? What are our rituals that we want to bring in? Like, what are the traditions that we believe in that we want to teach to our kid? And how do we want to build our family, right? Because there's that, I don't know if a lot of people get a lot of that time to do that and to think about, like, how they want to bring a kid into the world. Like, we're thinking about school, and she's not even here yet. We're thinking about traveling and and how we want to live, like, 15, 20 years from now with her as part of our unit. And I think I I can't, I can't, um, I can't think... I can't. Be, I couldn't be more grateful. I think for this time mm-hmm. because of that. Um, but it comes back to um, one thing that popped up when you were talking about um, like preparing. It's this idea of uh, you like uh, Jocko Willink, right? The discipline equals freedom. You've. I think we've talked about that before. That uh, book. a little bit. I don't know. I don't follow it too much. But okay, so he's I like the ex Navy SEAL, and he or, teaches yeah. like leadership and stuff. And he has this yep. book called Discipline Equals Freedom, and um, and I've I've really subscribed to that. And I think you do as well where like you, ha- you, you have to have disciplines in your life to keep you on track. And that does create a level of freedom in your life because you don't have to think about it. You just know I'm got, I've got these routines, I've got these rituals in my life that if I do them, I'm going to have a pretty decent day or I'm going to at least be productive. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I've been learning about too is the other side of it, which is surrender. So you have this discipline and surrender equals flow state. 
And so you've got the discipline that creates the freedom f- to allow you to surrender. And surrender is just like a, an active, uh, an active action of letting go of the disciplines essentially. And that allows you to have the freedom and the flow to just experience life and just go through life the way you want. And, uh, I think that's what I've learned a lot about is, is, is building and auditing my current disciplines and then just letting go as best as possible. Mm -hmm. And I have other ways that I let go and surrender, but, uh, it's it's not it's not it hasn't been an easy task because the idea of like surrender even uh is it's something that i think people have a hard time with and i do i do as well like i have to like i have to schedule like surrender time and what i mean that by that is just doing nothing Mm -hmm. and just letting like kind of a flowing state kind of be my my present awareness but yeah it's 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 one of those things like you can have all these disciplines and prepare and then you have to just let go because you have no other you have no other option. You have to trust that they're there and they work and that you're going to be able to withstand whatever comes up, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of, like, the people not being able to go to the gym because I was, like, the, um, going in, forgetting everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden they lose that, so now they need to find a new way to do mm-hmm. that, right? And I think that's part of it, and that's why a lot of people are struggling, mm-hmm. like, not going to the gym, mm-hmm. being stuck at home and stuff like that. But you talk to some other People, they're like, yeah, it sucks. It's, it is what it is. But again, let's make the best out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully, we never have this again, right? Never again. We're we're forced to stay home and just slow everything down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and and even like if we do, I think that whatever comes out of this, we'll have a better. We'll have more. We'll have we'll have more resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to what we talked about before, yeah. like we'll have a better understanding of how to do this. And there's a lot of moving parts. Like that's the problem that I've been having um, lately, not to keep coming back to the baby, but thinking about the baby coming and the world that we're in right now, it's like the whole, there's just from everything, higher education, politics, health, all these areas have just been shaken up. And uh, to bring a kid into that environment is something that gives me great anxiety, but also great... um, optimism in that like she's coming here for a reason and she'll be able to get through this and all and it'll teach me more of how to get through this and so there's uh yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff on the way it'll be it'll be awesome to see the adversity that we all kind of build from all of this yep. i feel like we're in the middle of a training session that's yeah. lasted 14 months. <laughs> 14 months. Uh, we're we about to eat know. those ice cream sandwiches. Let's yeah, get no. those ice cream sandwiches. Well, we don't know how long the session's going to be, so we'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and I think that's the that's part of life. Like, you, like things will go wrong. Yeah. And you just have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah.